0: do you want to build a stronger family, create a better life? Well, that's what Divorce with Heart is all about. It's a show where I guide you along your divorce and co-parenting journey using the heart's wisdom, intuition, and legal expertise. So sit back, take a deep breath, relax. My name is Gina DiPrima. Let's get started. All right. Hello, hello. I'm so glad to be here with you all again. And today I have a very special episode because I'm joined by Dr. David Rendelstein, who is a wellness and weight loss expert. Now, I know this might seem, you know, a little outside of the box from what we normally focus on and talk about, because if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know, I generally. Talk about um, talk about divorce and child custody and family conflict from a legal perspective and from the perspective of healing in terms of your mental and emotional well-being and things that you can do in that regard, you know? And what I don't usually touch upon is your physical health. And, you know, I really do believe that your physical health is just as important is your mental and emotional health. And, of course, all of these things work together. And when you can at least put some attention on these things, um, you're going to have a better experience. You're going to have a better result because you're taking the time to give your body what it needs. You know, you're taking the time to heal your heart from the pain, heal your emotions, and um, give your body what it needs in terms of... um, physical energy, right, working out, exercising, proper nutrition, all that stuff. So that's why I thought it would be really, really great to have Dr. David Rendelstein on. As I said, he is a wellness and weight loss expert. And I just can't wait. He's going to talk to us today about how we can take control of our health and get in shape and how all these things really tie together. And, you know, he's, he's also he's not just an expert in this field who has, you know, experience from the point of view of just he's learned it, he studied it, and now he's doing it. He's a living testimonial of the success of what he teaches and what he preaches, so to speak. He's even lost a 100 pounds in just a six-month period with the same exact system that he helps his clients with, and that's the Thin Tech system. So I know we're going to talk a bit about that too. And on top of that, he's the creator of a revolutionary thin test, which helps people to identify their barriers in terms of losing weight and you know what they can do to keep it off. So I know that that's really important too. Um, so without further ado, Dr. David Rendelstein, are you here?
1: <laughs> I am here. Thank you, Gita, for that great introduction.
0: Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it because I really don't focus enough on the physical body and physical health. And it's so important when you're going through a stressful time, as I'm sure you would agree, right?
1: Absolutely. And I, I think you were right on before when you were suggesting that physical health and mental health they go together. I honestly, as somebody who's you know who's studied health in chiropractic school and who studied anatomy I can't distinguish where physical health starts and, you know, mental health ends. I can't distinguish between where, you know, there's so many connections. It's so intertwined between the physical, chemical, emotional, and spiritual that we really have to take care of all of the above simultaneously.
0: Yes. Yes. I I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, Obviously, I don't have the medical background and training that you have since you've studied and we're a practicing chiropractor, but I do know a little, you know, I know about the, the hormone of cortisol and I know that that gets elevated when the body is under stress and when we're undergoing Absolutely. stress and anxiety. And, and let's face it, that's what happens, right? When we're going through a breakup or a divorce of any kind, I think it's, in, yeah. it's inevitable to some degree.
1: Yeah, I, and I think this is a good jumping off point is to talk about stress and to talk about trauma because, Gene, in my experience, whenever somebody sits down here and they say to me, you know, I was always healthy, I was always thin, and then something happened and the something is a precipitating event and it's always, always a trauma. Now, mm. that trauma can be something physical like a car accident, or like surgery, or it could be something emotional, uh, like a death in the family, or like a divorce. And and in thinking about this today, Gina, what struck me was that of all the traumas that human beings are confronted with, divorce probably hits on more things than anything else. Oh you know, yeah, because there's <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it, it's a huge loss is a gigantic mm-hmm. loss and, it, and and it's a it's a loss also of hopes and of dreams and those can be in short supply mm-hmm. and not only that but then a person is now confronted with a future that's very unsure so so there's no solid ground seemingly to stand on right what's going to be what's going to happen financially what's going to happen with the children where am i going to live what are people going to think of me so it can really be overwhelming and and that's what i like to talk about is the opportunity of it because a person has to confront the future and and although it could seem overwhelming inevitably like all things it gets better and you get to a point where you can in fact confront the future and that's a great time to take care of yourself, uh, you know, we could talk about losing weight, but really, the idea is to gain health. Yeah, that's the opportunity I think that's available for your listeners.
0: Yes, I, I couldn't agree with you more because divorce really does. I mean, it, it can shake a person to a core and completely restructure their entire life. You don't just lose. The person that you thought you were going to spend the rest of your life with, right? but you, you lose friends sometimes, you lose jobs sometimes, you everything changes. and And you know this this brings me to um, one of my listeners had um, texted me today, and you know what what she was expressing, and, and I think that this is probably typical. From a lot of people, um, when they're under this state of stress and overwhelm and the uncertainty of the future, you know, sometimes it's just hard to be motivated, right? To to do anything. Like sometimes you just want to crawl in bed and stay in bed and pull the covers over your head and just pretend that nothing's going on. So
1: no doubt about wh- that.
0: Yeah, what would you suggest there, just in terms of? getting motivated. I mean it is a great opportunity, but how can people even just begin to take that first step? And
1: what would it be? You know, let's be completely frank, Gina. I can say whatever I want to say, and I can give the most profound, the most articulate speech in the world, and there are times where we just need to be in bed with the covers over top of us. Right? right. There are, there are times where we're not going to breathe and we just can't confront what's in front of us for that moment. But if I if I could have someone, if I could have your listeners see something, what I'd like them to see is that perspective. That okay, fine, you know, let's be there now. Let's be in grief, but let's appreciate the fact that that is not a forever state. And 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 if we can just do one little thing, and I don't care if that little thing is you know, is getting up and walking over to, you know, to the to the television. Sometimes that's hard. But if we could just do one little thing just to prove to ourselves that it is possible, uh, you know, that sometimes is all we can do for that moment. But there will be a time, you know, I, I think about the Dr. Seuss book, and, uh, Oh, The Places You'll Go. And he talks about the waiting place. And there will be a time where we're in that waiting place where just everything is arrayed against us, all the stressors, and they're pushing down on us. And for that moment, maybe we can't handle it, but we're going to be able to. There's no doubt about that. And at least if we can start thinking about that and we can get outside and, and take a walk one day, then that's a great place to begin.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so it sounds like what I often find myself saying to to my clients is, you know, be gentle with yourself. Have some compassion mm. for yourself. You're going well, through but, a lot right now. That's right. And that's right. And baby steps, right? Just taking a walk around the block could be a, a real good first step.
1: It could right? it could be magical because the problem is is that when everything is swirling around is that, you know, we tend to go inside. We tend to introvert and go internal and we're looking for answers. And the truth is there are no answers inside there. There's just a big mess. Uh, But if we can get outside and and take a walk and look at trees and look at clouds and, you know, and and look at children playing, maybe at first we're still in our heads and we're still thinking of all of our problems and what we're going to do about them. But then, oh my God, you know hey uh, there, there's there's life out here there's something else besides this momentary problem and right. i think that that's a really important place to get to to be able to get outside of ourselves you know we have this expression and it says rise above and we do have the capacity to rise above our problems We've all been in places where we thought that nothing could be done about it. We've all been in places, you know, where we've uh, judged ourselves in the harshest of ways. But yet, we've all had moments where we said, who was that person who was doing that? And inevitably, that's what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I love how you're talking about, you know, just getting out of your head. Because I think that is such a key component to... To all of this, to just, to just rebuilding and just becoming more whole as you go through the process. And so even when you're taking that walk, right? Like, yeah, really get all of your senses involved. Look at the trees. Look at all the different colors. I mean, it's a beautiful time out there right now for many people. Oh. It is for me, <laughs> right? Or it gets too cold. That's right. Um, but it's so important. You know, feel the breeze on your face. Like, really bring out all your senses so you can get out of your head.
1: So yeah. so true story, Gina, I was once with somebody and they started to have an anxiety attack. Um, and we were in a restaurant at, at the moment and I, I took her outside and, and we just started, you know, we just started walking around the parking lot. And I said, you know, hey, look at that car over there. And she looked and I'm like, uh, you know, touch that lamppost. And we just kept walking around the parking lot and doing that. And eventually she took like this big breath. It was kind of like a sigh and she hugged me and she said, oh my God, thank you. Uh, And Mm. it was, it was really pretty cool, but that's just the mechanism of it. Just to, you know, everything was swirling inside and to, to get outside of that. And it was really effective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because our emotions sometimes just feel so big. Right, and and I think there's a chemical component to that, right? I mean, I only just mentioned cortisol, but there's a chemical component to all of this because that's stress. Can you speak about that a bit?
1: Well, you know, the 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 classic seminal work on stress was done by a man named Hans Selye, Uh, and uh, you know, he talked about how there's a there's a a response, a stress response, and we can't always physiologically uh, distinguish. Right. So it's, you know, we we think that we're being chased by the saber-toothed tiger when actually, you know, it's not just uh uh you know, we're afraid that the, because the boss is looking at us in a in a very judgy way. Um and and the same things happen, right? Our um uh you know, our adrenaline starts flowing and and and, and we prepare our bodies actually prepare for what they call fight or flight. And we hear about this over and over again. And in today's modern world, there are so many apparent stressors that seem to be life or death. Um, and this, by the way, is a really important point, Gina, because it's not always about actual danger. It's about apparent danger. It's about our conception of danger. And sometimes we're we're actually better at creating danger or creating that uh, perception of danger uh, then we are about facing the, the circumstances that are actually happening. We, we'll, we will sit there and we will create every single scenario, everything that can go wrong. Um, and, and you see this in your practice every day, don't you? Oh, A person oh, yeah, comes to, right. <laughs> I uh, call what, it what negative
0: fortune telling, and and I think it's so oh. ironic that you're bringing that up because that was actually going to be my next episode, <laughs> talking about interrupting oh, well done. that.
1: That sort no, of I signal, love that right? negative. For, did, did you did you come up with that negative fortune telling?
0: Oh, I have no idea, <laughs> but it's just, you know, that's what I think of every time that I hear it, because that's what I'm so often listening to is it's people's fears. And when they're expressing it, it is, it's a hundred percent real. You know, they're a hundred percent certain they'd put all their money on it that, that this is exactly how it's going to go. You know, that, right. oh, he or she will never settle. He will never agree. This is what's going to happen. And of course, their beliefs. Are, are well-founded, but they're based in the past, sure. and it cuts off yeah, opportunity.
1: <laughs> they're based in the, in the past sometimes, and they're based on a projected future that may or may not happen. Like, there's a thousand different things that could happen, but I, I, I think we try to gird ourselves, and so <laughs> we try to protect ourselves from it, so we come up with the danger with every scenario, you know, just in case. And uh, and that is a great formula for overwhelm, because it's hard enough to, to face the actual dangers, uh, much less create things that may or may not ever happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know that I've heard it before, that it's not even just with respect to, you know, anxiety, overwhelm, or negative things, but even positive things that the brain actually doesn't know the difference between something that a person is imagining that they're feeling, or something that they're actually feeling and experiencing. Have you heard that? No, before?
1: That's, yeah. That the the stress response is ultimately the same. Uh, yeah, you know, with the and and you mentioned cortisol. So cortisol is a hormone. It's it's called the stress hormone, and uh, the problem is is that over the long term. When cortisol is released, uh, it has some really bad effects on the body. One of the things it does is it contributes to inflammation, um, and it also contributes to uh, what we call visceral fat. Now, Mm -hmm. visceral fat, for those who have never heard the term visceral, viscera means organs. So this is the fat that's on the inside that can actually uh, put pressure uh, on the organs and it it functions as a renegade organ, um, and what it does is it's it's producing more cortisol, right so it becomes kind of a vicious cycle um, mm. and and it also creates inflammation that can travel throughout the body. For those of your listeners that don't understand inflammation, if you do research on it, the researchers keep coming up with inflammation as one of the things that are causing the problems that face Americans. So it yes. be that diabetes and heart disease and all of these horrible things that we want to avoid. And the way to understand it is to think about it like little fires going on inside the body. And these fires tend to travel. So if they go to the joints, that's arthritis. If Mm. those fires go to the cardiovascular system, that's heart disease or cardiovascular disease. Uh, If they go up to the brain, that could be neurological disease. So you actually have neurologists these days who are treating neurological illnesses by treating the inflammation that starts out in the gut. Um, So it's really, really fascinating. And the bottom line is we have to have a way to control our stress and we have to have a way to control our habits also in those stressful situations.
0: Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but not only is the body then, you know, producing more inflammation, which is going to lead to disease. And I have heard that, that more and more there's research coming out that, you know, the bottom line is inflammation for so many different things. Right. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, but when you are experiencing, you know, that anger, anger, for example, um, five minutes of anger, I think, is the research study that I'm is coming to mind. Five minutes of anger and your immunity, your immune system then can be suppressed for like six hours later, right? So it sounds like not only is stress and cortisol producing stuff that isn't good for us, at the same time, our system that's designed to fight it off and keep us in balance is being suppressed,
1: right? Yeah, I think a, a good way to think of it is, if you remember the movie Ghostbusters, uh, mm-hmm. it, they were studying kind of this slime that was produced by these ghosts. And when they would talk to it in a, in a, a loving way, um, it kind of purred. And when they would talk to it in an angry way, it would get angry and it 's almost the same way with uh, with the chemistry in our bodies i mean we 're going to produce that and that 's what we were saying before about the connections right we 're going mm-hmm. to produce those things that that start out with our actual thoughts and our actual emotions mm-hmm. but to I, I do want to address anger for a minute though because you you address anger yeah anger is ultimately a very destructive emotion, and for people who are angry for a long time. They are definitely prone to heart attacks and all kinds of other issues. Uh, But I will say this, for those of your listeners who are angry, and you and I were talking about this yesterday, uh, although it's destructive in the long term, in the short term, if people can be motivated by that, that is a great place to start. It is not the end, but it is a wonderful first rung of the ladder to say, I'll show him or I'll show her you know mm-hmm. uh, a lot of wonderful things have occurred from that because that's that's actually you and your body saying you know what I'm worth fighting for and I'm going to yeah. take some action now and sometimes we need that anger to spur us on
0: yeah Oh, yeah. So channel your anger for something good. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you oftentimes I find myself saying to, to clients again, when they're angry, I, and I'm not a runner, but I, I say that a lot, you know, go on an angry run, <laughs> you know, get it out, you know, beat up some pillows in your bed, like something like that. So, so you are then channeling that emotion, right? Because our emotions aren't good or bad. It's just not real good to hold on to them and have them anchored into us for so long, right?
1: I, I agree with that. I mean, I, you, you see this every day. I see it on occasion. I do have a lot of, you know, people who are going through divorce will come to me and I, and I will see them grit their teeth (laughs) and they'll say, you know, uh, uh, no, I, I need to live. I need to have a life and I'm going to go out and I'm going to exercise and I'm going to do your program and I'm going to lose the weight. And I'm going to look better than I ever looked. And he's going to be uh, jealous. And uh, and it 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 does have a function. What would concern me is someone who six years from then is still coming from the same place.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and <laughs> you just reminded me when you were talking about that, that I've also um, had the experience of where some of my clients, they will drop 15, sometimes 20 pounds, 25 pounds while they're going through a divorce. And then they just jokingly refer to that as like the divorce diet, you know? And then I'll have other clients that will gain weight while they're going through divorce. And I wonder what you, know, your, what you would say about that. <laughs>
1: Well, isn't it funny? I mean, how there are so many different strategies out there. I mean, first of all, there are some people who just physically cannot eat uh, as a result of a breakup. I mean, I I told you that before I lost all the weight, I I had a very difficult breakup. And I, you know, not eating has never been an issue for me, but uh, (laughs) at the time I couldn't breathe very well. Uh, I I was um, amazed at the way that my body was affected. Uh, Mm -hmm. So there are those people who can't eat. There are those people who, uh, you know, are going on kind of an angry diet um, and I'll show them kind of a thing. Uh, And then there are those people obviously who will console themselves with food. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll hear this a lot from people. They'll say, you know, but doc, uh, I'm Italian. I have to eat. Uh, <laughs> yep. uh, i know. love but, my bread course, and my pasta <laughs> that's right yeah I, I can't give that i need it now right and that's the other thing right because food has has actually taken the place of a best friend which is a really interesting phenomenon the thing about food is that food has never really disappointed anybody. It has never failed people. Every time they have turned to it, it has provided comfort. It has provided sustenance for them. A hundred percent of the time, nothing else is a sure thing. Nothing else is a hundred percent of the time. And that's the tough thing about stress eating. And that's why it's so easy to get into that stress eating pattern because you're, you don't know what's going to happen in a few months right? Yeah. All you care about is in that moment. In that moment, you want to be satiated. You want to feel good. You want to be energized. You want to face something that's going to provide some pleasure. And so you're willing to, to make that bet, to make that deal with the devil that you will trade in the possible consequences of tomorrow for the definite benefits of that moment, and yeah. that's where people often get into trouble. Now I know you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, but there are some people <laughs> oh, yeah, who sure. do. <laughs> so, so
0: how do we break that? You know, what are what are some things? Do you have any hacks? <laughs> I know nothing's easy like an overnight fix. That's but... right.
1: That's right. I mean uh, uh, especially when you're going against Uh, years of employing that strategy successfully. So how do do we break that? I would say it starts with understanding. And the understanding that I want people to have about that is exactly what I was saying. If you take stress on the one hand and you compare it to a delicious piece of food, whatever that is for you, if that's ice cream, if that's pasta, what you're going to find is that they have the uh, I- exact opposite characteristics. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. The stressor is hard to confront. The delicious piece of food is very easy to confront. The stressor often provides a mystery uh, of, of you know, how it's going to turn out. And it's a sure thing that when you eat that piece of food <laughs> that you're going to be satisfied. So mm-hmm. their components are exactly opposite. So what people are doing is they're turning to that delicious piece of food as a distraction. So as not to confront that, that stressor. So what I would say is first understand that mechanism. And secondly, don't try to confront something that's too overwhelming in the moment. But find a piece of it that you could handle if you can't you know if you can't confront in that moment uh your the the person that you are divorcing well if you can't do it directly, maybe you could send them a text you know maybe it'll be like you know right now i I, I can't handle this, but let's have a conversation about that, just some piece of it that you can um, and and that's I would say a good start
0: mm-hmm Mhm. Yeah, yeah, distraction and I think instant gratification, right? Mm. And and what about because you know sometimes just the communication isn't always a good idea. It depends, you know, it's a fact spe- fact specific and it depends on the person and the situation. But Certainly. what about the idea of of replacing what you're immediately reaching for you know if you have that awareness that you just explained and you realize that you're really eating as a way to distract yourself from something else or you want that gratification what about just you know maybe always having a water bottle and every time you feel that you're going to drink some water or something like that i don't know (laughs)
1: Well it it may help listen I would I would love to tell your listeners to say okay anytime you feel like having the ice cream have the broccoli instead now <laughs> how many people will actually employ that as a strategy if you can do that like all you know all the power in the world to you um uh part of it yeah. I think is that um some things are more satisfying than others what i would say Is And and I agree with you 100% about this replacement strategy, but what a person is looking for at that moment, that distraction, is it's an easy victory. It's something Mm -hmm. that they know is going to deliver in a very pleasurable way that's easy to deal with. So Mm -hmm. what else can you do that's going to provide you an easy victory that's also pleasurable, but that's not ultimately going to lead to ill health? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think each individual has to find that for themselves. Um, You know, for some people, it might be playing with a dog. Uh, You know, (laughs) your your dog is your best friend. You can always deal with your dog. It's not a frightening thing um, and it can be very satisfying. So I would say everyone has to find that for themselves.
0: Right, right. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but still drink water, right? Water is very important to our health. <laughs> water is
1: good, but water is a whole subject, Gina. You know, we could we could talk about water for a long time. Uh, I'm sure we uh, can. <laughs> we find yeah. a lot of people who drink too much water.
0: No, no I, kidding. And most people,
1: yeah, most people don't even know that it, that's a thing, right? So yeah. uh, here's the metaphor I like to give. First of all, hydration is extremely important. It's important for everything. Um, it's certainly important for metabolism, but but let's say for example that you have a flower pot and your flower pot has like a you know dirt that's a few inches high, and you pour in six gallons of water into there. It's not going to hydrate the plant. Uh, the water is not going to be absorbed. So hydration is a matter of absorption more than it is how much you're drinking. So there's a balance there between the water and the nutrients. Mm, and, yeah. and almost nobody out there knows this and understands that. And, and and it can be really frustrating because what we see is that people drink too much. they And, and it, it all goes through them and they either urinate it out or it becomes swelling in their bodies. And when you drink too much, it takes some of the good nutrients with it. So now you have a situation where... You know, if you were a house, you wouldn't have enough uh, plumbing and you wouldn't have enough bricks in order to form a good, healthy foundation.
0: Wow. No, I I haven't heard that, and it makes so much sense hearing you explain that, and (laughs) I certainly overwatered enough plants to know exactly what you're talking about. That's right. So don't
1: do it to yourself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Don't do it to yourself. The the minerals matter too, you know, and that's true. Even if if somebody has to go to the hospital and they're dehydrated, they don't just get the water, right? They get the water with the electrolytes, with the saline.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we've got the holidays that are quickly approaching for us here in the States. And I know that that's that's a trigger in and of itself for a lot of people. But naturally, there's a lot more food around, right? There certainly is. Could,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I, or at least there's a rumor that there is. I wouldn't know about it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Any advice? What would
1: you... Yeah, th- so this is important to me, right? I, so it, right now here, we're going to make a contribution to your listeners, right? Because we're entering a really treacherous time of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a... And, I hesitate to do this because I'm going to sound luxury. Because if there's one thing I know, it's that people look forward to this time of the year. They look forward to not being you know, stressed out about that. And they don't want any constraints on their freedoms. And they want to be free to eat and drink and be merry and enjoy themselves. But I, I got to tell you, when I say this is a treacherous time of the year, let me put some specifics behind that. So 51% of the weight that Americans gain all throughout the year is gained between Thanksgiving and new year's day. Okay. Wow. That, that's, that's a matter of, you know, that's not a very long time. All right. No. That's first of all, number two is that the three biggest days for heart attacks are all within that time period. They're Christmas, uh, new year's day and the day after Christmas.
0: Wow.
1: So I really want to caution people. I tell people, and I have an article about this, and if you'd like, I can make it available uh, to you and your listeners. Uh, oh, but yeah, the article is called the, the Best Time to Start a Weight Loss Program. And I think the best time to start a weight loss program is the holidays. Now, people tell me I'm crazy, but <laughs> but let's think about it. And I am, but that's a different story altogether. <laughs> let's think about it this way. If, if your pattern has been for the last 15 years or so to go crazy during the holidays and you end up gaining eight pounds and you end up waking up on, on January 1st and you're and you're feeling guilty and bloated and you make a resolution that you quit by February 1st, I mean, you might want to try a different strategy. So what I implore people to do is to actually make the decision now. And, and make a declaration that you're not going to let the holidays get the best of you, that you're going to take action now. Health is a now proposition. You know, it doesn't make sense to say, I'm going to get as unhealthy as possible for the next six weeks. And then I'm going to really try to catch up and get very healthy. It doesn't make sense. So that is what I would implore everyone to do. And of course if they need help, they can call me.
0: Yes, yes. I love that. Health is a now proposition. I just love that. That's so powerful. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> and if you put it off, it just gets worse and worse, right? And more difficult to, to rein it back in. I I know I've experienced that myself. I could be Doing really well with exercising, doing yoga, going to the gym, and as soon as I start to slack, boy, it is so much harder just to get that first day back in, right? And then once you're in, things get easier. But
1: yeah, it's it's yeah. it's easier it's easier to maintain than it is to get there in the first place. So I'll tell you a cute story, Gina, and uh, and the reason I'm thinking of this is because around the holidays, part of the problem is this: is that there's there's such a strong association. You know, there's such a strong association between the holidays and having a good time and forgetting all your troubles and, you know, and, and drinking as much alcohol as you want and eating as much as you want, you know. And um, uh, and I'm not trying to be um, – uh, who's the guy? The guy around Christmas? Well, the Grinch. I'm not trying to be the Grinch. <laughs> all right? But what I, what I'm suggesting is that it doesn't have to be that way. And we did a little experiment about that this past July 4th. Well, we wanted to find a way to incentivize our clients not to go crazy. So what we did is we actually created this challenge. We call it the shut your pie hole challenge. (laughs) And for people who behave themselves and who didn't go crazy, we rewarded them by doing two things. The first was we made a $25 donation to the food bank in New Jersey. And the second thing was we allowed them to hit me in the face with a pie.
0: (laughs) Now, you can imagine
1: I got hit dozens of times, right? Mm
0: -hmm, But mm -hmm. the
1: the other thing that we did is we wanted to give them a disincentive. So the disincentive was is that if they went crazy – then they had to do two things. First of all, we requested that they make a donation to the food bank. So either way, we wanted, we wanted hungry people to win. Mm. But the second thing was they had to hit Jennifer, who is my integrative nutrition health coach, in the face with a pie. <laughs> and it turned out that although everyone loves Jennifer, that wasn't really much of an incentive because she got hit almost as much as me. Ah. Um, but we tried and that's what I would encourage everyone to do. Just look at it and say, does it have to be this way? Do I have to have it in my mind where this is my time to go crazy or can I have it as I can still have fun without going crazy and while still building health?
0: Right, right. Take charge, right? We don't have to keep following mm-hmm. the same old program just because, you know, so because I know we've always done it. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, tell us how you work with your clients and tell us about thin tech and and your thin test that you've developed.
1: So Gina, I, I'm always, obviously I think about these things, right? I mean, people like you and I, what do we do? We sit up at night and we think, I mean, how can we help? Uh, how can we benefit our clients? And mm-hmm. one of the things I came up with was this test and I call it the thin test. And it, it turns out that there are only so many barriers between us and health and leanness. there are a finite number. And so I I identified the six barriers to getting healthy, to, to becoming lean, to losing weight, and to keeping it off. And it's an online evaluation that people can take. And it's really a wonderful tool because the more aware people are, the more that they can create strategies in order to overcome those strategies. So Mm. I'll give you an example. There are some people for whom their biggest challenge is not their choices. They make the correct choices. They just have metabolisms that are damaged, pardon me, for lack of a better word. So Mm -hmm. that can be identified by taking this test. There are other people that their biggest challenge are environmental factors, Whether that be a disapproving spouse, um, you know, who tends to be judgmental, or if it's a a, a cultural thing, um, or if it's their social life, or they don't have enough time because they're always taking care of other people. So they don't have enough time to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So this is a, it's an online evaluation. It takes about 15 minutes to do. So what we're doing for the listeners of your program, is that they can take this online evaluation, they can find it on my website, it's thintech-weightloss.com, and then they can have a free phone call with one of my employees, and just to go over that and to create strategies for themselves to help them face the new year and, and emerge victorious.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, you know, and I think, right, that will help people, too, to just think about it differently. As we are now approaching November, approaching December, we don't want to be part of that 51% of weight gained during that period of time, right? So I really appreciate that. And I will post the website um, in in the show notes.
1: Thank you. Yeah, You know, this could be the year. Like one of these years, we're going to make a resolution. It's going to stick, right? This could be the year.
0: Yeah, yeah. If nothing else, and I know you mentioned this uh, yesterday when we were talking. What was it you said? It's like the revenge body. Was that what you said? It was. <laughs> what was that that you were talking about?
1: Uh, honestly, I don't recall. I I'm You don't supposed remember? To remember yesterday. Oh,
0: <laughs> I think that's what you, I think you referred to it as the revenge body. You know, we were talking about how anger is still a driver and, and you know, sometimes, yeah, once you get the divorce and you're like, well, I'm going to show him or I'm going to show her, you know, I'm going to turn, turn everything around, right? And I don't know. I thought it was cute.
1: <laughs> well, we Maybe were, you didn't we say also- it. Maybe
0: I imagined it.
1: <laughs> no, but, but I'm going to use it now. Now it's mine. <laughs> so thank you. But but listen, uh <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, you know, like we were saying, we can, we can definitely use it as motivation. And, and, you know, the other thing we were talking about yesterday that I, I'd like to impart to your listeners is, is this, is divorce as an opportunity. And I know that might sound really silly at first glance, but I, I, I know so many people that they were in marriages, they were stuck in a place and they weren't happy but they weren't prepared to do anything about it. The opportunity of divorce is that now you have to do something about it. You have to look at the rest of your life and figure out who you are and what it is that you're trying to create. And so, from that perspective, uh, it is a wonderful opportunity, even with all the other things that come with it.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. I could not agree more. And, that's that really underlies a lot of the philosophy of divorce with heart and the things that we talk about here, because we're all about just changing the paradigm and, and moving forward and looking at it exactly like that as an opportunity. So thank Gina, you Gina, may I ask, that. how
1: did you get to the place where as a divorce attorney, where you decided to to make a bigger contribution? Like it wasn't just enough to help navigate through the, the legal aspect of it, but you really wanted to help people through the process.
0: Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> well, quite honestly, um, it grew first out of frustration—frustration frustration with the system. Um, you know, people come in and, and you think that you're going to get justice from a judge and in courts, and you think you're going to get retribution or revenge and all of this, and, and that's just not how it works. It's just not how it works. Um, so it was frustration with the system. It was. From frustration of seeing my clients in so much pain and and feeling their level of pain because I'm very sensitive empath and just knowing that that there's a better way and knowing that there's things that they can do if, you know, starting with the mindset and starting with healing that can really change their lives, and just knowing that it's that they have more power than any judge or any partner or ex-partner or any person, right? That that we individually have more power. And and honestly, it also came from my from my personal background. I'm I'm an adult of a divorce. My parents divorced when I was young, I was a kid and it was really messy and so, you know, I've got that personal experience as well and And then as a lawyer, and I represent kids when their parents are going through divorce, it's part of what I do. So I see these things playing out, you know, the same things I experienced. And I just know that it doesn't need to be that way. It just doesn't need to be that way. So that's the the long and short of it, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, And are your clients able to hear that message when they're in the thick of things?
0: Yes. Yes. Not. It's not always easy. Um. Sure. But. But yes. Yes. They do. They do. Um,
1: Got it. And, and it's helpful. Well, it, it's amazing. I mean, they. You know, they. They hire you for one purpose, and they. And they get. They get a lot of added value.
0: <laughs> I hope so. That's the goal. <laughs> That's always well, but, the goal.
1: But listen. Whether or not it's successful in every case, you know, all the other attorneys out there aren't even thinking about that.
0: Right you're right mhm well, it's true and and you know attorneys were trained to be adversarial, and that's the nature right. of the system it's It's sure. a plaintiff against a defendant, and we're set up that way, so we're designed to put you on a witness stand and really force you to sling mud at your partner, who, by the way, you still have to co-parent with after (laughs) most of the time and spend the rest of your life with (laughs) and, you know, raise your children with and maybe even grandchildren with. So it's like you think that was hard and and it got you to the point where now you're getting a divorce. It's never easier after you are in that position of a trial. So... Yeah, <laughs> I could talk no, about no, that stuff for hours.
1: No, bravo! No, it, <laughs> no, it just it just really makes a lot of sense how the 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 system is actually making things worse. I mean, it, if if the idea is to create a better life, and you're starting out on that process by by going to who months before you were in love with, and who you have children with, and who are you know part of your family and they're going to be in in some capacity you're you're going to see them for years uh yeah i i could see how that is a huge conundrum
0: yeah yeah exactly so yeah that's that's what we talk about here that's what i'm all about and thank you for asking is there any last you know words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our audience cuz we're just about done here
1: I think. I think. Again, what I would what I would like everyone to know is that it's things are never as bad as they seem in their worst moment. Um, you know, I I have a policy for myself. I I never make decisions when I'm feeling really badly. Uh, by the way, I won't even make decisions when I first wake up in the morning before a cup of coffee. <laughs> I don't I see <laughs> any good coming from a decision before coffee in the morning, and I don't see anything good coming from a decision when you're, you know, when you're overwhelmed and and angry and in and in a, a state of fear and panic. Uh, nothing good could come from it. And I'm going to go a step further, and and this it takes a lot of discipline. But what I would say is that when you're at your worst, when you're at your most overwhelmed, don't believe any conclusion that you come to mm. you know it, it, things your mind will do what it does right it will it will come up with conclusions but if you're in a negative state it's going to come up with negative conclusions so trust that you're going to be at a different place and and that your instinct will guide you when you're in that better place and you will come up with the right decisions
0: yeah yeah oh I love that that's that's really so powerful, and it's keep the focus on the end game, the long game, right like where do you ultimately wanna be? what do you ultimately want? not what are you in right now? What are you experiencing right now? I think that's all
1: part yeah of it. i I again, I don't see anything good happening when you're when you're in the worst place you've ever been. I don't see any good decisions coming from that,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me and sharing such valuable information with us. And I will post the website. That's fintech-weightloss.com. And um, I appreciate that so much that our listeners can find the thin test there and discover what some of their barriers might be to losing the weight and keeping it off. And, and you know, I also believe, i just going to throw this in there too, that not only I bet, are these barriers that, w- that they can uncover through your test, barriers to losing weight. But I bet you they are also just barriers, just common, you know, limited beliefs and mm-hmm. blocks to just overall, uh, you know, success and happiness and living the best life that you can live. Right?
1: Right. It's how a person operates, right? How they're yeah. viewing things. And that ultimately determines our success. Um, so it is, a, it is a really good tool. And, uh, and, and also to your listeners out there, um, you know, what's great about that tool is that it, it can be used from anywhere. A person can be in California, they could be in in Guam or <laughs> in Egypt, it, do, it doesn't matter and it'll be beneficial. But the other thing is, uh, uh, We have the ability to help people from a remote basis in other ways. And I'll I'll just give you a quick example about that. Uh, I'm in New Jersey. My mother lives in Las Vegas. My mother in her 70s did our program, and she was able to lose 100 pounds.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: Yeah, it it was really, really cool. I have a video. I, I interviewed her. Um and so yes we have the opportunity to help people uh even if they're not in New Jersey which I'm assuming most of your listeners aren't because people in New Jersey are not contentious they never get divorced they marry for life. <laughs> right. Everyone knows this. The sun always <laughs>
0: shines in New Jersey.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Everyone should come
1: to the Garden State.
0: Of course, of course. Well, thank you so much. And is there another website that our listeners can go to um, just to find out more about the Thin Tech and and how you can work with people, or is it just the Thin Tech Dash Weight Loss So, so
1: cu- currently that's that's our main website. We're also on Facebook. So if you okay. look up, uh, I think it's ThinTech Tech uh, Wellness and Weight Loss on Facebook. And, uh, and we have some posts on there. And, um, and I have some good content uh, besides that, some videos and other things. Oh, and by the way, uh, I'm working on another test now, which will identify a person's primary eating type. So we were talking before about stress eaters and cultural eaters and things like this. So that should be fun as well.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Let me know. <laughs> Let me know I'll when have you, you. You can be
1: the first one to take it.
0: Perfect. And and I will post also in our Facebook group um, links or some way for people to reference and find you on Facebook as well. So thank you so much for being here and giving us your time and such valuable information over this last hour. And I hope everybody listening enjoyed it and you know not only think about your mental and emotional health, but your physical health too, while you're going through this process, and especially with these holidays coming up so
1: That's take right. care of your health right.
0: right now and yes absolutely <laughs> now, and
1: so and gina i want I want to thank you for having me on, but beyond that, I want to thank you for not being just a, an advocate but being someone who cares enough about her clients that you're looking at the bigger picture that you're trying to help the healing process for her and her, I'm assuming hers, right? For her or him, um, but also for the children as well. Uh, You and I are both children of divorce and it's not a fun process. And I think it's, I think it's great that you take that kind of responsibility.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you all for being here. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Let me know how this is landing for you. Let me know how I can support you and have a beautiful week. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me today. Come back next week and be sure to visit my website at deprimalaw.com to book a call or let's connect on Facebook at Deprima Law where you can join my group for more support. Please remember that the information shared is for general and entertainment purposes only and that by calling in or messaging me, we are not creating an attorney-client relationship and my advice is not intended to be legal advice. For specific legal advice, please contact a lawyer in your jurisdiction. This show is brought to you by InflowRadio.com, the best curated talk radio network for personal development, wellness, spirituality, and conscious business.